You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the the thing you can't predict or project. Justin Fields can gain a half step as well. This is where those special qualities you want to rely on them if you can if you're the bears this is what you can't really i guess from a fan or media standpoint count on if justin fields he's as capable of breaking a long one against the browns because jim schwartz maybe blitzed and he he eluded it and all of a sudden he takes off 55 yards later he's celebrating this is the kind of game that you could see justin fields taking over you could see him being rattled it could go either way that's yeah. the wide range of possibilities when you have a quarterback who's as dynamic as he is, but he has been protecting the football, Dan. That's one of the bigger developments. Last three games, he's, he's not throwing an interception. Yeah, and, and Mark Potash reminded me earlier in the week that it was his last pass of the Vikings game before he got hurt that was an interception, so really easy to keep track of the count. 93 passes and counting since his last interception. And and look, like Matty Berflus was was really clear about how pleased he is with that and understanding that the, the growth of a young quarterback, particularly with what the Bears want Justin Fields to do, is to protect the football and, and do those things. Um uh, good exchange with Matt, just kind of on 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 what he sees in terms of Justin's ball security as a passer. Uh, here was that uh, from Wednesday afternoon. Pocket presence is better. Uh, the rhythm and timing is better. Uh, him being able to once he starts to create uh, before he exits uh, to look down the field, that's been really good. Um, you know, the, the taking care of the football. Um, you know, in terms of interceptions, um, that's been good as of late. Um, you know, a perfect game for a quarterback, like I said, is zero take, you know, zero turnovers. And uh, that gives us a chance to win the game. So I'm um, just continuing to do that. What do you attribute the, the streak now without an interception to? What has what is, what is helped him in that regard? Uh, just him being mindful of it and us, you know, visiting about it, you know, before the game. You know, we visit on Saturdays and, you know, when the game plan's all in and we talk about that. And, and uh, you know, he knows how important it is to the football team, to the success of the football team. 
Got to love those Saturday visits where you remind your quarterback not to throw an interception. <laughs> Spoken like a true defensive coach, right? Yeah. I think it's just it's just reminding your quarterback what to prioritize, you know. And I think that's been part of the the growth process here for the last two years is understanding um, how to use your your playmaking artistry and your playmaking flair for good without uh, putting the the ball in harm's way, which then puts the team in harm's way. And so there there has been growth there. I asked Justin about the interception streak uh, on on Wednesday as well, and he promptly knocked on the wooden lectern that he was standing behind to to say, yeah, I'm obviously aware that there's been progress recently, but we've got to keep it going. Um, and so that, that, that's an important part of, of, of the development here. And uh, as you know, uh, living through the Lovey Smith era, when, when you can get yourself on the right side of that turnover margin with your quarterback doing his part, all of a sudden it increases your chances to get that momentum. Yeah, the takeaways, they mean a lot more when you're not giving the ball away yourself. And I think that's been a key thing. So 93 passes, three games. There's all the numbers that tell you that Justin Fields is making some progress as a passer. There's also the eye test. And I think that's the hard thing to quantify, the pocket presence, which is why I thought it was interesting. Luke Getze on Thursday at Hallis Hall addressed the improvements Justin Fields has made in terms of pocket presence biggest thing behind all that that I've mentioned in here before is just the awareness of what's going on around you, right? I think that when you know what you're doing, when you know what the people around you are doing, um, I think that gives you comfort to go play a little more free. And then the more he plays, the more that, that's going to continue to grow. And I think that's more of a natural progression for, for a young guy. Pocket presence is, is not a – it's one of the hardest things that that position has to do, right? You got these crazy – beast all over it, like running, running around all over the place. And how do you avoid, when is it time to escape? When is it time to slide and throw? And, and by no means do we, you know, Justin and I, we'll both, we'll both stand here and say, we're not where we want to be with that. But the improvement continues to grow each and every week for sure. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, David, it's it's something that is hard to coach, you know, I mean, you can emphasize it, you can reinforce it, you can give little tips, but ultimately it, it's a feel thing that comes through experience. And, and, and the hope is that the more experience you get, the more you develop it, because as Luke said there, sometimes the more experience you get, the more you understand what's going on around you. That's both within your offense and what defenses are trying to do to you. And so then you, you develop that. Uh, heightened feel and that ability to surf and move and, and understand what that dance looks like. In fairness, it's hard to coach because it's a balance you're trying to strike between letting him play freely with also providing him the structure of an offense that you can, you know, have the right plays called in the right sequence to to fool your defense and to move the chains and do all those things. Like, I think it's an interesting contrast because you've got Getsy that's trying to strike that balance. You've got an immensely gifted athletic quarterback in fields and you've got on the other side, Kevin Stefanski, who's done a terrific job. The scheme is in place so well that they've won games with four different quarterbacks this year. And it is more game manager than game breaker. Cam Newton would love the Browns. <laughs> uh, but you look at the, what the Bears are trying to do with, with Justin Fields, and it is a little bit trickier than it looks. And so some of these intangibles 
are, are nice to see because it implies a quarterback that 35, 36 starts into his NFL career might be starting to grasp some things out of the nuances of the position. Yeah, grasping it and 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 being open to grasping it. You know, there there can right. be some stubbornness when you have struggles as a quarterback and you you start to tune things out. But I, to Justin's credit, he's been on board with all the things they've emphasized. You know, the other thing that we've talked about really, you know, heavy since since August and September is that you know changing the TAR, the tuck and runs into the SATs, the scramble and throws. You know, and you've seen Justin become much better as an extended play thrower and and be conscious of the danger that that presents to a defense in doing that. And so again, to his credit, he's embraced all these things. And now it's just a matter of how, how, how far up the ladder can you climb how quickly and which way it goes. Now I'm going to throw another little wrinkle at you because at um, Thursday practice during individual drills as Justin's throwing towards the net as part of their early practice things, there, there's a, a stretch there where he throws a pass and comes up wincing a little bit, kind of, moving his shoulder a little bit and a, a, a bunch of us standing on the sideline watching that are going, Oh gosh, he's not on the injury report, which uh, indicates that he hasn't had to, to, to get treatment for that at this point, but it's just something to keep an eye on because he took a little bit of a beating against the lions on Sunday. And there were moments in that game where you're like, okay, he got hit and you can see it, the look on his face that there's a little bit of discomfort. Um, you know, just, just drop that in there, just drop yeah. that in there before we get to Sunday, just well, so we ha- we have it in in case something happens Sunday. Of the season, even though he took a few games off in the middle of the season, there's still the cumulative effect of the, phys- the physical toll that a season takes on a quarterback, especially when it takes the beating that he does, which brings us to our last <laughs> topic before we get into the numbers game and our predictions. It's been a loud week, or maybe a little bit louder week at Howell Saul. <laughs> You've got Jaquan Brisker speaking on Justin Fields' behalf. Justin asks about the fact that he doesn't get the flags. Matt Eberflus explaining why he doesn't go berserk or ballistic or make it more of a public issue. Dan, where do you come down on what the right amount of rhetoric is and the effect it has when it comes to Justin Fields not getting the flags or the calls that a lot of other quarterbacks may get? Well, to be clear, most of the rhetoric out of out of Lake Forest this week has been fished. You know, it's the people have been have been soliciting it and getting it. You know, there was one obvious egregious hit on on Sunday against the Lions. First play of the game, Justin scrambles, slides, and Jack Campbell lands on him. In the moment, you know, you you watch that play and you go, "How does he not?" get that call. Why, why is there not a flag out there? You watch on Monday night and, and Tommy DeVito takes a similar hit and doesn't get a flag. And Brian Dable loses his mind on the sideline. And I think people want Matt Eberflus to go crazy and, and put on a show to let the officials know this is not acceptable, but like Matt's going through procedures. He's talking with the officials before the game. He's sending it in the league. They're trying to do their best to get their quarterback some protection. I do think that, that Justin takes more than his fair share of borderline hits from opposing defenses. Justin also is a unique player that um, defenses have to account for his speed and power. And so it's, it, it is borderline and it is difficult for officials to officiate. It's a, it, it, it's a hard thing to do. He, he, he needs to get calls like the one that happened on the first play of the game. Sonny, I'll let you go there and then I'll maybe tackle. How much do you think it does really come down to respect? How much do you think is affected by any, external noise that's created leading Uh, into a game. You really don't think it factors in? No, I think it has to do with the kind of player he is. I think, I I think it's, it's just like, it's really hard to officiate a guy who is running as a scrambler, who is running as a designed runner, who, you know, there's just a a lot of plays within a game where you have to, to figure it out. And when you've got a guy that fast and then there's, you know, he closes ground and a guy's trying to pull up and he, you know, there was one the other day that looked 
bad, but it was only because the the defensive back was trying to jump over Justin and Justin popped up from his slide and ran. Right. And then you're just like that, that that's not going to get a flag, but when Lamar Jackson get those calls, what, when the MVP get those calls, I don't know. Cam Newton didn't get them. You know, he was an MVP and it was just Cam's six, five and two sixty, And it just, it just, you know, it was just different. So um, I will, <laughs> I will say this in a joking manner. Our friends at CHGO have been, hammering this storyline this week, hammering it every day, hammering it some more every day, locker room, podium, assistant coaches in the midway out here. And I, I, I joked with Colleen Kane, my colleague at the Tribune, I said, by the end of this week, I wouldn't be surprised if Congress got involved and Jack Campbell was facing jail time with the way that this inquest has escalated. But we'll see how that plays out on the field Sunday in Cleveland, because it will certainly be a storyline and it'll probably be talked about. And you would imagine that Matty Berflus would bring it to the officiating crew's attention once again. Last thing I would say on this is that with Matt Eberflus, I as much as there have been a couple of times, I haven't quite gone full uh, meatball, but I, I did at one point say that he could be a little bit louder and more vocal. And, you know, it's more of an NBA type of thing. You go back and NBA coaches are more vocal about not getting calls and you don't want to get to that. But Matt Eberflus, in the way that he has explained his method and his rationale and his approach is very much in character. Yeah. So I think that had he or do, if he ends up being the loud screamer and goes full Ditka on somebody, I think it might come off as disingenuous and it might become off as a little bit of a, of a stunt. So I, I, I suppose you like coaches who stay within themselves and are who they are. So that's exactly what Matt Eberflus is going to do when it comes to this. The chatter on this topic has been loud inside this building this week. It'll be interesting to see how much those sound waves travel and where they get to by the time we get to game game day on Sunday afternoon in Cleveland. Um, yeah, you know, another another sort of intriguing subplot in a Justin Fields uh, saga right now that has got a lot of cool storylines attached to it uh, as he goes to take a pretty big test Sunday.